Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. Tonight, you still 
have who's number one. That's right. That's right. You're not being left alone. We're going to bring you, hey, everybody's wondering. Everybody's wondering what's it going to be. Is it going to be? No, 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 no. I'm going to bring it blood raw as I always do. In every way, I'm going to speak my mind in the rant, okay? And if you're new to the show, in a little bit, I've got my opening rant. You know, things really aren't going to change here tonight, folks. Not not a whole hell of a lot. You know, I mean, every once in a while, I, I might throw in the... JT and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? You know, I, I might throw that in every once in a while, just... Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Miles Jack and uh, JT you know, and Joe Jr. Where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea, but Miles Jack uh, is always with us now and a great guy. Gave up a signed glove we auctioned off for Make a Wish, one of the charities that we help. And uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, it's going to be a fun night. Here's what we are going to have, because it's not going to be all the Benny Hill theme song music, if you were wondering what the hell that was. And if you don't know who the hell Benny Hill was, wow, wow, I have some shit for you to watch. Go YouTube yourself some Benny Hill, pour yourself a cold drink, whatever you like to do, sit back, relax, get ready to laugh your ass off anyway. Getting back to the show. See, this is, I can rein my own damn self in. See that? Unbelievable. No, tonight, here's what we've got. We're going to talk a little bit about Stanton, myth. Is he a myth or a myth buster? You know, and, and that's a tongue tie right there. Also, we're going to have uh, Kid Kelly on tonight. She writes for FantasyJusticeSports.com. She's been covering a couple of things. We're going to talk to her about Hard Knocks Part 2 and also her top five article in the NFL that she had. Uh, I'm going to talk to her about that. I'm going to talk to her about the article I had about Cadell, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Then, tonight, special guest Coleman, Chris McConnell from the Fantasy Sports Advice and Analysis group over on Facebook page. Now, if you're listening and you're a fantasy player and you're on Facebook, okay, I highly recommend asking to join this group. Again, fantasy sports advice and analysis. And uh, Chris McConnell from there is going to be uh, on the show tonight. They answer all questions. I'm on there. Uh, I also give fantasy analysis uh, in the comments section. Uh, and then also they, they run their own uh, live. I, I watched uh, last night, as a matter of fact, I watched Chris do his thing last night live. Great young man, knows his sports. Going to be interesting to have him on. Going to talk a little football, uh, fantasy football, some strategy with him, get into some of that. Going to talk about the NFL cut down with him too uh, to 53. It's changed a little. It, it used to be a gradual cut down, and now you can just go from 90 to 53 just like that anytime you want. We want to see his opinion on that. Then after he goes, I'm going to sit down and uh, continue uh, to show why this is the number one fantasy sports podcast and growing the numbers don't lie folks 
and you'll find out why in the rest of the show as we continue. We're going to talk football tonight. We're going to talk baseball tonight. We're going to talk hockey tonight. I'm going to give you a couple of sleeper picks, early sleeper picks, some guys I'm already putting down on my list as a go-to guy to have in my little back pocket tonight. I'm going to give them to you. If you're a fantasy hockey player, stay tuned for that. Going to switch gears again. You know, nothing changes. This is why we're number one. This is why I am number one. Let's not lose sight of the fact that all you're stuck with is one of the proven best sports analysts, fantasy analysts in the business. Say what you want. Make fun of the blue beard. Makes fun that I'm fat. I don't give a shit. I really don't. What you can't take away from me is the 70% in the money proven. Anybody doubts it, I can go ahead and show them. Same as I can show the growing ratings in this show. But anyway, so we're going to continue that um, tonight. And like I said, I'm going to give some baseball late season pickups. I'm going to give you some hockey sleepers. Already have brought you football, going to be bringing you hard knocks, going to be bringing you what's up with Stanton. I've got some interesting uh, stats. I want to talk, if you haven't read the article, want to talk to everybody about that. At the end of the show, going to talk about WWE. We've got that SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver all happening in Brooklyn tonight. Just was watching a little bit of the pre-show prior. Absolutely uh, great weekend for wrestling fans, if uh, if you happen to be one, we'll talk. I'm going to talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> no, we won't. I will. <laughs> anyway, and then also going to talk a little bit about what's coming up. What can you expect? Things like Mr. Happy Pants finally coming to the show. We're going to be talking hockey. When can we expect that? MLB, name on the jersey. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk. Oh, man, full show, like I said. So let me get the rant going. Let's get that out of the way. And it's going to be a quick one. You know, I talk about this in as far as Goodell is concerned, okay? And, you know, part of this with Goodell is how he's handled the race situation with Kaepernick, handling it, so the whole situation and what's going on there. Before I get into what he should have done, and really want to know what people think on this one, is this. How about both sides are correct? It is really truly 50-50 whether or not this young man can still play in the NFL. I've shown stats where, guess what, some of the basic stats – Career of Dan Marino versus career of Kaepernick to this point, how some of the models (laughs) really going to mess people up. Now, there's also the part that says, you know, hey, listen, first, second down passing, absolutely terrible. There's other dynamics that go into this, along with the dynamic that he was on a shit team. Now, with that said, the people that are saying that he's not playing because he's black, you're an idiot. The league is 68% black. Shut up. For the people that are saying he's not playing because he's not talented enough, 
shut up. There's a lot worse quarterbacks in the league. For those saying he's not playing because he, you know, he was kneeling for the flag and the anthem, shut up. We've got players that are kneeling currently and still playing, playing, and as a matter of fact, getting support from their friends. Hey, you know what? Here's a simple thing on the race situation, and we'll leave it there, and then I'll get into Goodell. Understand this, that when you're talking about the white supremacy of the world in the United States, there are currently under 10,000 white supremacists, okay? So if you're currently doing your day-to-day thing based on those white supremacists in a land of millions of people, and your day-to-day is taken aback by what they had to say, you need some help. Folks, if you're listening to the extreme other side of Black Lives Matter and the whole system is corrupt, okay, you're just as big as a moron. Because guess what? You know what? We are all here just trying to friggin' get by day to day. It really doesn't matter. You know what? They all want everybody, the, the extremists and the media want you seeing this great divide. You know what? The great divide's a bullshit story, folks, okay? There is no great divide. You know what? The great divide are a bunch of haters that have no life, okay? You know what? Just went yesterday, two days ago, excuse me to one of the best barbecue places in, in, in the area, okay? It happens to be in the hood, okay? I happen to be very white. I happen to be well-received there. And at the end of the day, when I'm done with my order and I handed it, got it from the new owners that took over, thank God they kept the original recipe, mustard-based barbecue, if you like that, folks. I told them, God bless, wish you well. I hope everything's, you know... So you carry the success and he was so grateful and everything. And what I didn't know was because he was the new owner, he figured he'd take care of one of the new customers who had just put in a nice, pretty decent order. I happened to be white. And you know what? He threw us extra food. Crazy, huh? This is just, I, I know this is insanity for some, for the rest of you who live in the real friggin' world and are trying to get through the day-to-day and understand that the workplace and the fun places and the good places, nobody sees color anymore. It's antiquated. You should belong in a museum, all of you racist sons of bitches. You're ruining the good times for the rest of us. And in particular, you're ruining the sport of football. Here's how, you know, here's why Goodell sucks. Here's why Goodell sucks. Real simple, okay? He should have, he simply should have said this. And I have this in my article, fantasyjusticesports.com. It's one of the two articles we have in particular about Goodell. Kid Kelly, who's going to be coming on any minute, did an article about him too, okay? This guy's awful. And here, here's what he should have said. Now, please, if anybody disagree, disagrees with me, let me know. You could have taken care. You could have taken care of everybody in a simple statement. While some of you agree with Mr. Kaepernick, there are some who do not. 
Football is an institution of opportunity for all, regardless of color or creed. We would like to maintain that that football should be a place of fun for all. We would hope that political issues were left outside of the game. This is to say, we do not respect one side more than the other in any social issue. But this is a game. This is a game that is an American game. It's not a black game. It's not a white game or or any other color. It is an American game. In that, since it is an American game, no player will ever be denied their freedom of speech. My only hope is that the players, the owners, and the fans would leave the institution of football as a haven from the bitter world we live in today. A place where we are all one, just trying to enjoy a game. Thank you. He would have been done. The league, he would have protected the game. He would protect the fans. He would have protected the players. Mr. Kaepernick's not left on an island, nor his supporters. And and you have it all taken care of. Nobody's making all these bullshit accusations back and forth, one side or the other, one sounding more dumb the next day than the other did the day before. It is absolutely ridiculous. It needs to stop. Also, understand this. Mr. Kaepernick chose to turn down several million because he didn't want to be a backup. Several million that a bunch of you will never, ever see. He can just turn it down. He can just turn it down. I don't need those millions. How many of you just keeled over on that thought? I don't need the millions. Imagine being in that position to be able to say that. And the rest of us are working our asses off. First, we'll never see millions to go play a game and be a backup. Wow. I'm sorry he feels the way he does and can't continue on. But then I guess it was his choice to not be in the NFL. Let's be real about this, folks, okay? Anyway, let's move on. Let's get to some good stuff. Hard knocks, you know, we're coming into part two, and that can only mean one thing. I'm getting ready to bring in the one, the only, Kid Kelly. She's been covering things for us on FantasyJesterSports.com tonight. Going to talk a little bit about the hard knocks. And, uh, you know, going to talk a little bit about Goodell. And don't forget, she also has her top five NFC team power rankings, okay, that we're going to talk about with her uh, tonight. Let's get her in here straight from New Jersey tonight, Kid Kelly. Kid, what's up? How are you? I'm doing well. I just figured I'd come in and rein you in since JT's not on here. Oh, you're going to rein me in because JT's not on here. There's not a big enough rope to rein me in. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing. 
Nothing you, know, you can I think do. I, I think I can do it and maybe like one phone call, maybe if Mrs. Jester gets on the line. So, great. So, I guess you've learned early, just threaten me with Mrs. Jester. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. Pow. That's my New Jersey fan, my uh, giant fan friend there. Love you. <laughs> Meet me. Anyway, Ken, you know, seriously. What can I say? Oh, <laughs> Hard Knocks, round two, second episode. What do you got? Talk to the fans. What did they miss if they don't have HBO or miss the show? What's going on? I mean, they missed the very anticlimactic firing of Roberto Aguayo. Seemed like we might be getting a long-term kicking battle. Turned out to be very short, simple, boring, (laughs) and uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable to watch its firing. Nevertheless, he is off of Hard Knocks and the Bucks. Uh, Jameis Winston Did he cry? The protagonist of this. Did he cry? Uh, he didn't cry, but it was still uncomfortable <laughs> Can you blame him though? Oh. I mean, this is really Tampa Bay's fault You should never have traded up To draft him that early in the first place <laughs> Yeah, it's not his fault It's not his He's going to straighten it out too I mean, you just I, I, I think it was I think the pressure of it all Just really uh, got to him uh, and watch, uh, that's the type of thing that goes ahead and straightens itself out, and they'll be fine. What else you got? Yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston has emerged as the clear protagonist of the season. It's like we're watching him on an episode of Friday Night Lights. This week, he was not as fun in jokes as he was in the first episode, but he was definitely, you know, became a leader. He went and put the offensive line, set them straight once uh, – the backup quarterback got injured, let them know this is a game, but they have a job to do, and it's not just all about having fun out there. They need to protect the quarterback. Gerald McCoy is once again the highlight. Yeah. He's definitely a jokester. It's funny. He's enjoying it a little too much because I'll tell you, uh, again, I I missed this episode, folks. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend that I watched it. Uh, I, I was tied up that night and haven't had the opportunity since. Yeah, no, no, seriously. And I trust, uh, I trust uh, Kate Kelly on our coverage here and uh, the rest of the fans to let me know if she's out of line. But uh, <laughs> so far you've been all right. Nobody's bitched and complained, which is a rarity around here. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, uh, Gerald McCoy uh, on – I was watching the preseason uh, game, and I think you're 100% correct. I think he's enjoying it way too much because he he was talking about it on the sidelines with the reporter about how much he loves it, and he's having fun with it. Uh, I mean, are you seeing something where maybe uh, after the career he stays in front of the camera? Yeah, I mean, I think think we might be seeing him pop up in a few cameos maybe on some sports-related shows. Or maybe even just shows he likes. You know, we saw the Packers made a cameo in Pitch Perfect 2. I think we might be seeing him a budding career of a movie star here. <laughs> I will admit his love for Game of Thrones yeah, he's, uh, on he's, Hard Knocks is making uh It's definitely relatable for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, think, it's uh, a good way to tie the two in, get the fans over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he also made fun of the saying. NFL's ridiculous rules involving touchdown dances. <laughs> About them being too sexual nowadays. His yes. showing showing teammates it was a good time and it just shows they're taking this a little bit too seriously as to what you can and can't do to celebrate scoring. Then uh also he's a superhero well, fan, so that warmed my heart. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Jackson and Again, Mike Evans probably uh, it seems... <laughs> Yeah. They, no, my, my uh, they could fit in well. It seems uh, like he's really uh, talking to the people. He's really talking I mean, to I the people. I mean, I guess you need someone to of, do it, though. Uh, a lot of the popular genres. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Miko and Brent showed up. They did. Nico I thought Brent they were up. the perfect the perfect reality television couple you could find for Hard Knock. She is so outspoken. And, I mean, some of her talking points about their sex life and just football in general, I yeah. I was rolling my eyes, I was laughing. She makes great television. You kind of want her to stick around and have a commentary for the entire season. <laughs> But now, let me ask you, his, does she make for good television, good reality television, because she's intelligent or because she's stupid? I don't think she's stupid, but I, uh, I think some of her comments were ridiculous, but she definitely knows how to work a camera. And to say reality television stars are stupid is a little harsh. I just think they know what they want, and they know you have to be dramatic, and that pulls in viewers. <laughs> So maybe she's upping uh, the drama gotcha. and gotcha. some certain conversations that don't need to be heard, but some people love it. <laughs> Got to ask you something. I, I wrote the article about Mike Stanton, and now all of a sudden he's putting up home runs at historic paces. Now he's gone ahead in 35 games, he had over a 35 game stretch, he had 23 home runs. Now we haven't seen that since Bonds did 24 in 2001. McGuire did 23 in 99. Sosa did 25 in 98. Now those three names all have a distinct reputation. Now, do you think that Mike Stanton is part of that group or he's showing that you can do it naturally? I mean, obviously, the numbers call it into question, the legitimacy. But at the same time, he is in very good shape. It's definitely possible that this is natural. He just works hard and goes out there, goes and does what he needs to do for his team. But, you know, it definitely calls into question the statistics. I mean, a simple drug test could probably – clear this up maybe a couple of random drug tests could clear up any suspicion around him but i mean if it is natural it's very impressive uh, i wonder as we see guys like judge and stanton and all you may it just makes you wonder when you're seeing numbers never been put up before the only other time we've seen this in baseball history was when we had a bunch of dirty players. So 
I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we're looking the other way on this one so that the sport has a couple of new heroes. I, I don't know what's going on. Or possibly, yeah, Mike Stanton just happens to be doing what no man has ever done in over 100 years of baseball. Uh, I, I get it without being juiced. Understood. Uh, what we're going to do Kid is we're going to go ahead, we're going to do a commercial, we'll come back, and then we're going to talk about your article, the top five in the NFC article, when we come right back. Folks, Fantasy Justice Show is brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, and from the very beginning, the one, the only, BreadFromYourBed.com. That's right. They are absolutely the best finance blog out there today. There, there is no second best with them. They do everything 100%. They will take you by the hand, literally, and help you start your business, your website, your social media. They will take care of all of it and show you the ins and outs. They have the proven track record. They have, will show you the numbers of people that they have showed how to be successful from home. Start up your new business or just make a little extra cash from home. Either way, breadfromyourbed.com. Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. Also, Ryan Walton and the gang down there doing some amazing, amazing work. If you like to dive, if you like to snorkel, Ryan Walton is the guy to go join up with. I personally now have joined up with many of the divers down here, including Mrs. Jester, and can say I have been nose-to-nose, face-to-face, sharks, no cage. Now, the particular shark I happened to be face-to-face with was a nine-foot bull shark, and yeah, no cage, folks. He does other dives. They do other dives at Deep Obsession Charters. Uh, You know, don't forget, you've got lobster season. They do lobstering. Uh, You're coming up on the uh, grouper goliath, uh, the uh, giant goliath grouper. They are the size of a Volkswagen. All these dives, snorkel trips, deep obsession charges, West Palm Beach, if you happen to be right here in Florida. JP and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. That's right. I'm back. How's everybody doing? This is the Jester. Breaks it all down. Jester Unleash, an episode. Without JT, anything goes. And right now, the thing that's going is the one and only Kid Kelly from FantasyJusticeSports.com. Kid, happened to do an article on the NFC Top 5. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let you speak on it first, and then uh, I'm going to throw in a couple things to you. But go right ahead. Who do you have first? I mean, it was a painful, it was a painful article five. to write. It was painful to write because I didn't throw my Giants in there, and I really wanted to. It'll be a painful to, review but... when I'm done. <laughs> Probably. 
But, uh, I mean, I was looking at the ESPN power rankings, just went through what they had to say through preseason performance and and say Arizona Cardinals took fifth. But they – I don't know how I feel about them. I don't think Carson Palmer looks ready for this season. Drew Stanton, on the other hand, does look ready. So we'll see how that quarterback battle ends. Uh, Maybe Palmer, this will be his final season. Maybe his final half a season. We've got Green Bay, or sorry, I have Dallas in fourth. You know, the Elliott suspension, I don't – Even without Zeke, though? Team. Yeah. Yeah, with, it, will, it will impact the team. I don't know how much because they also did not look ready defensively. I mean, their running game suffered dramatically from, his, from him not playing, but the defense is what ha- would make me worried as a Cowboy fan. Same with Green Bay. They took third, but their first team defense missed a lot of tackles and allowed the Eagles to score their only touchdown in the game. And as well as Crosby missing quite a few easy kicks, his long snapper is out, chalk it up to that, but we'll see how that, how that happens uh, once the regular season starts. Seattle took number two. I, they were okay in their game. They still won. Then they won again today, which I thought really solidified that they are coming together. And they had a Chris Carson shine as a running back after last week's rush looked terrible. Then finally, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, what do you say? Matt Ryan's Gatorade commercial telling us that defeat is the strongest motivator, and it looks like the Falcons are in it to win it because last year was humiliating. Kind of, kind of gives you a little motivation for this year. I, I, I wouldn't want to play that team. Definitely not. They look sharp, and their defense, but, young last year, and look, look like they fixed it. <laughs> I, I notice uh, no love for the Eagles there. I, I, I know that you being a Giant fan, it's a hard thing to do, but realistically. Uh, no, no love there at all for them. I see no love for the Giants or for Tampa Bay. Interesting, interesting picks there. Why, why no I love mean, for the Giants? First of all, the Giants. The Giants. Hold on one second. The Giants only had, they only had the best points against defense in the NFC, and they just added Brandon Marshall and a tight end to their offense. I mean, I'm making these power rankings off of practice and off of, but a lot off of the preseason games and what I saw in the giants this week, I did not like, or last week was not a fun game to watch. I think a lot of Mm -hmm. Giants fans can agree with me. And it was a reminder that Ben McAdoo is just not the guy who can lead this offense. In fact, I you know, I think interesting I you say that jokes. because I've been tough on. Yeah, I'm sorry, no, a I've been tough about on I could do, and the thing is this: there's a delay that we're catching. It seems like between when we talk. <laughs> um, yeah. What what my thing is with McAdoo has been each of the last three years, our scoring has gone down each of the last three years. So you know, I've heard people say. This is going to be Manning's career year. Shit, I'd be happy if it was in the top three at this point. (laughs) I mean, my worry with Manning is that I think you've pointed out 
he is he's getting up there in age and it could be any tackle that could take him down any sack for the season maybe even for a couple games and I have zero faith in our backups right now I know some people thought Geno Smith was okay I mean he threw an interception to no one and an interception that was overturned but was still to no one (laughs) and I mean Johnson also didn't look good. Webb was okay for a rookie. He doesn't look like he's anywhere close to take over as a starter, which was fine unless he gets thrust into a backup position. I don't know. I just I don't see this Giants team, unless they shape up that offense, making it to the Super Bowl, as, as hard as that is for me to say. Okay. Then my other the, – the other question definitely I, I am – extremely serious about, even though it's not a popular one with Giant fans, is what about that Eagle team? Eagles have a well, pretty I mean, I good wrote defense. They... That front seven, that front seven is real good. To be fair to the Eagles, <laughs> I mean, I didn't include the Giants, but I did include the Cowboys, so I was not trying to be super biased here or anything. I when I did their original, they were in the bottom for the NFC because I didn't like their first preseason game. And when I did the top for top five, they hadn't yet had their second or I hadn't yet seen their updates from practices. And they do look a lot better than I initially give them credit for. So I will admit that. <laughs> I was a little worried uh, their rush uh, didn't No, I'm going to tell you, they're going to surprise people. Yeah, I agree. I think they look a lot better than I initially expected them to. I just think apprehension with their coach and with that run game made me hold off on adding them, but they're contenders this year. It's interesting. It'll be interesting. I think uh, Carson Wentz there is going to – he has studied his ass off, and they're going to start can keep filling him up with uh, weapons. A couple of guys like uh, – Humphrey is somebody to definitely, you know, keep your eye on. He is, he is the prototypical type of back that the coach likes to have. Uh, he did it. He, he did it when he was offensive coordinator. He chimed in, got the guys. If you take a look at where, you take a look at where, you take a look at Humphrey. You're looking at the same damn running back in my eyes, uh, <laughs> and, and the same size. So it's going to be interesting. I think. I think you're looking at a, a potential starter there. But Garrett Blount is uh, suffering badly. He looks completely disinterested and looks like he did any time he wasn't with the Patriots, basically. So that'll be uh, interesting how that moves on. Um, but, no, I, 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 agree with, uh, I agree with most of it. I, I don't agree with uh, the Dallas Cowboys being a uh, top, uh, top five NFC team. So uh, it'll be interesting. Thanks so much, uh, kid. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more next week uh, about hard knocks again and uh, keep your eyes peeled. Everybody kid Kelly writes for fantasy She does a bang up job. And then uh, also uh, she does cover some of the entertainment business. Go ahead and tell them where they can find you kid. On showsnob.com, currently a lot of Netflix's The Defenders, if anyone else is a superhero nerd and wants fan fangirl with me. <laughs> so, so you are a snob then. You admit it. 
I mean, I don't know if the Defenders and Snobby, because that show is awesome. <laughs> uh, but I will admit, I am a bit of a snobby, snob. But you I like can't that help it, you're from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And North Jersey to make it better. <laughs> Kid, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you so you. much, as always, for joining us. Folks, again, FantasyJusticeSports.com. We are so happy to have her, one of the best young writers out there. She covers the sport. She covers entertainment. She is really just that good. And if you don't believe me, go check for yourself any one of our articles. She does a great job. I don't always agree with her. Didn't agree with her on her top five NFC teams. Really don't see Dallas as a top five team. I I, I Sorry, I, I just don't. That NFC East has gotten very tough. You got a giant team who had the best defense for points against getting some offensive weapons. You've got Washington getting some offensive weapons. You've got Philly just completely coming up. Uh, I mean, probably one – and I, I would – Dare to say, probably the best front seven in the NFC East right now. Uh, and our next guest, I want to bring him in. Again, folks, I, I mentioned him earlier. I've mentioned the Facebook group before, and, and it's one that really I'm starting to spend more and more time with them. Great group of guys. No BS, okay? It really, it's a no BS thing. A lot of learned people about fantasy sports. One of them happens to be my next guest, Chris McConnell from Fantasy Sports Advice and Analysis. He does his own live thing on there. I checked it out last night. Does a really good job. Young guy in sports. Really happy to bring him on for all of us here at FantasyJesterSports.com. Chris McConnell. How's Georgia doing tonight, brother? Hey, what's going on, Jester? Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Georgia, Georgia's pretty good tonight. Georgia's pretty good. No, uh, no rain, so it feels feels great outside. At least in North Georgia, it does. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, before I get into, I, I brought you on to talk a little uh, strategy, a little fantasy strategy through football for our football people out there tonight. Uh, but before we do, I I just led in with something just before uh, you came on and was talking about the top five article that Kelly wrote. And I just made a fact, uh, a statement of fact, in my opinion, at least the Philadelphia defense, that front seven, you think that front seven is probably the best in the NFC East right now? Uh, I think arguably they are. Yeah, I think arguably they are. And, you know, it's funny because for whatever reason, in in fantasy and reality, the Eagles defense is always extremely underrated. And they always do uh, a very good job. They're they're ball hawks. They get to the ball. They get those crucial interceptions. They've always done a good job. And, you know, whether whether you're playing fantasy or you're not, the Eagles defense is always something – uh, to keep an eye out for. And I literally own them as, as far as fantasy goes, I own them in almost every league I'm in. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the Eagles defense as a whole. Um, but yeah, as that, as that front seven, um, I, I think, I think maybe the giants would probably be the next team up there um, with them. I think it's between the giants and the Eagles, but to be honest with you, I'm, 
I'm taking the Eagles uh, defense as a whole out of that division, and I would probably take their front seven mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I think the front uh, – I think it's – for me, it's the front seven. Uh, the Eagles have the Giants. But as a whole, because of that Giants secondary, it, it really – it changes it. And it still leaves the Giants as probably the, overall the better defense. In my little giant blue eyes, uh, that's how I, at least I see it. Let me ask you something. Uh, before we get on to all this, uh, as we're speaking team defenses and, and fantasy-wise, I, I, I've been saying something, and I really would like you to give me your opinion. I, I'm really starting to uh, learn to respect your opinion. You, you, you seem to have good insight into uh, how you go about your process of picking and ranking. I have been saying grab the New England Patriots defense. Am I, am I an idiot here? If you have the opportunity to grab the New England Patriots defense, wouldn't you use them or you're staying away from them? What, what's your feeling on that? Um, you know, if, if they're there, I'll get them. I, you know, I typically wait as long as possible to get a defense. It's probably one of the last two uh, positions I, I ever try to draft along with kicker. And that's just because typically – Mm-hmm. Um, a tight ends up there as well, but that's just because typically you can stream kickers for the most co- for the most part, and a lot of times you can actually stream defenses as well. And and uh, sometimes you know if I don't if I end up with the team for some for whatever reason, and I don't have that uh, that top tier defense like the Vikings or the Cardinals or the Chiefs or or what have you, um, you know, a, a team like the Eagles like the Eagles defense we were just talking about that's always underrated, and sometimes it goes completely undrafted, or the Patriots defense. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take those those defenses every single time, and I'm gonna play them. And I may not even stream them. I may just keep them consistently in my lineup. I've had the Patriots defense the last couple of years in a couple of different leagues, and it's always been satisfying for me to have them in the lineup because they always seem to step up. So I don't think you're being obtuse with that at all. I think that's definitely um, a defense that should be owned in in probably every single league. Uh, in my personal opinion, because I think they have done nothing but but get better, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on de- defensively as well. The Patriots are, are an absolute machine, and that's why everybody's talking about them, you know, going 15 and one. It's not 15 and one, 16 and 0. It's it's not just because they added Brandon Cooks or Dwayne Allen on offense. It's because they've done so many things on the offensive defensive line and on the defensive side of the ball as a whole. So, yeah, I, I actually completely agree with you uh, when it comes to the Patriots defense. I know people don't think when you think elite defense, you don't typically think of the Patriots. You think of, you know, the Seahawks or the Cardinals or the chiefs or the Vikings and, you know, and that's fine, but the Patriots defense is one of those, just like the Eagles, again, one of those very, very overlooked defenses. So um, yeah, I'm definitely going to grab them if, if, if they're available for me. Oh, that I just thought about the division that they're playing in. When you think about the Jets, it's going to be Hackenberg or Bryce Petty. You know you're going to get a couple of INTs there. Cutler, you know that's going to be a mixed bag, and the INT p- potential is there. So I'm just seeing what the right, potential yeah, and that is and that typically INTs that, and the sixes and things like that. Yeah, that'll actually even make it that it even makes them more attractive because of the division that they're in now. Me personally, with the whole Jay Cutler Ryan Tannehill thing, I think it's a it's I think it's it's better for the Dolphins to have Jay Cutler than Ryan Tannehill, but that's a different discussion 
entirely. But um, so that may make it a little bit tougher on, on the, the uh, Patriots defense for at least two games of the season. But it's not like Cutler is, you know, isn't the gunslinger we've known him to be. And he's, he's prone to those, those interceptions and, you know, those, uh, those fumbles. So um, I, I think the, especially with the division that they play in, not just because they're very talented, but because of the division they play. And that's another great point you make that, that makes them even more ownable in my opinion is the, their division's going to be so bad. They'll probably win that division by eight or nine games. Before we get to uh, the bye week strategy that I want to, one of the strategies I want to talk to you about. Um, you, you alluded to that Tannehill uh, Cutler trade-off. Now, uh, I shared the sentiment last week on, on air, and I, I like your opinion on it as well. As far as the Tannehill Cutler trade-off, uh, I see Parker as an uptick. I see Juice uh, getting about the same amount of catches. Landry there getting the same, the same amount of catches. I see a slight uptick in a jai. Uh, and then as far as Cutler's concerned, I see uh, possibly more yards, more touchdowns, but also more interceptions. Overall, because the yards, the touchdowns, uh, and the extra interceptions, you're still basically looking at the same offense and that the Miami defense is going to be the one that dictates where they go. I still see a 10-6 and six team. That's my overall view on this team now with the change of Cutler. Uh, agree, disagree. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say that. I would probably say anywhere. Um, actually, you know, I won't say eight and eight. I, I, you know, I'll go nine and seven to ten and six, and and maybe they get lucky with a game or two, and and they get that eleven and five. Um, but I think the Dolphins are definitely a borderline playoff team right now. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it because I think you just got better no matter how much better you got it maybe it's a lot better maybe it's a little bit better depending on who you talk to but I think I personally think you got a a pretty good amount better at the most important position on the entire field and I don't I don't think you can understate that enough and I think this is a you know a a new chance for Cutler um, to kind of maybe resurrect himself and you know I think he he obviously wants to keep playing Um, and Adam Gase was obviously the big you know, uh, turning point for him as far as coming out of retirement. But, you know, this could – he may have a lot of success this year, a lot of fun on this on this one-year deal. And, and come, ne- come next year, he may get a, a, another offer from another team and want to play uh, a little bit, you know, a couple of years longer. So um, I think that's good for him as well. But as far as the Dolphins' success, I don't think it changes their wins too much. But I do think from a fantasy perspective, I've pretty much upped everybody on that offense. Julius Thomas got a little bit, bit of a boost. Jarvis got a boost. Uh, Parker got a boost. Kenny Stills, I, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to, to kind of put a, a, a pin on him because he's, he's typically one of those just situational deep threat kind of guys. So it's kind of hard to pin a player like him down. Um, but I think it, it, helps, it definitely helps Jay Ajahi because now I think teams have to respect the pass even just a slight bit more uh, than, than, they, than they did with Tannehill. So I think it's all going to come down to that offensive line because I think if you give Cutler the time to throw and to read the defense, I think that, that he can be uh, a lot better than Ryan Tannehill and, and cut down on his own turnovers. But, you know, we saw that offensive line in Chicago eroding year after year after year, and now it is what it is now. And so it's, I don't think it was all Cutler's fault up there. I think a lot of it had to do with that offensive line and some injuries and stuff like that. So if that offensive line plays well, I, I think uh, 
just the sky's the limit for the Dolphins, to be honest with you. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on all points, and especially the idea that uh, even Ajayi will get an uptick uh, because of it. And those safeties are going to – there's no way they're going to be able to cheat the box because Captain Checkdown isn't there. The guy that's going to throw it over their heads is in there now. So that, that's just going to be added softness up that middle – for him uh, because they're going to have to respect that arm 100%. Let's get to the actual right, reason th- uh, as we're running along here, the actual reason. Uh, go ahead. Uh, th- well, there's one more thing I wanted to mention as far as uh, fa- fantasy wise, as far as the dolphins go. And you you may have seen my rankings in, uh, in fantasy sports advice analysis in the group you mentioned before I came on um, my rankings. I have Jay Ajahi as a number four fantasy running back this year. And a lot of people feel like that's too high, but we always see, the preseason rankings from all of the quote experts are never, it, it's, it almost never ends that exact same way. Um, and I just think that Ajahi's got, I mean, his arrow is pointing up. I think he's, he, uh, he's obviously hundred percent healthy now. He's at a concussion protocol. And I think again, Jay Cutler helps him out. I think uh, the, the further development of Devonte Parker is going to help him out. So I'm huge on the Dolphins offense as a whole Jay Cutler himself as well. And then, of course, Jay Ajahi. I'm, I'm just I, – I love the guy this year. So, uh, yeah, my the top five running back for me, um, I definitely think Jay Ajahi is, is definitely on the up. Yeah, no, without a question, without a question, I agree. Uh, again, 1,200 yards, wasn't uh, – almost 1,300, wasn't the starter the whole time. Nothing but upside there. And as far as, you know, listen, agree with me or disagree with me on this one for sure, Chris. You know, it's funny. Uh, JT and I normally go ahead, and, and the joke is that you can go ahead, listen to our shows, and about two to three weeks on a consistent basis, we're giving you somebody to look at in fantasy two or three weeks before Matthew Berry is. And you alluded to the idea of the other experts' rankings. But that's the idea. My question is, what if the expert you're listening to is a friggin' moron? Maybe you should actually be listening to either a Chris McConnell or a Jester, the Bluebeard. The Bluebeard actually might know what the hell he's talking about. You know, that 70% win rate, and I mean, the 70% in the money rate actually is real. You know, Chris McConnell, a, a fantasy expert, he, he, he'll break it down for you. You hear it here, folks. So my question is this, Chris, isn't it quite possible the guys that some of these people are listening to on the rankings, isn't it quite possible maybe they're just following morons and actually should take a minute to make their own rankings as well? Yeah, you know, and I've I've thought about that, you know, and I kind of asked myself, you know, because I get asked all the time in the group, they're like, oh, my God, you know, this guy is you've got this guy ranked here this guy ranked there and they always they're always asking me like oh yeah this is terrible but and i always explain to them look you you're thinking it's terrible because you're looking at yahoo rankings you're looking at espn you're looking at you know all these other uh websites for all these other quote experts roto world and and etc 
and you're seeing them. They're almost identical. Antonio Brown's the number one receiver. Uh, you have D- David Johnson, number one running back. Le'Veon Bell, number two running back. And it's just like, okay, the, even if they stay healthy, the, the likelihood that that happens it, it, every single season is not likely. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, Jester, why they do that. And it's because they probably don't actually believe everything that they're, that they're ranking as far as uh, when it comes to ESPN and, and, and all of that. They do these, these like cumulative rankings with all their experts, and they come out with this consensus ranking sheet. But the, the reason that those rankings are typically always the same, whether you're looking from uh, Yahoo or ESPN, they're pretty much always extremely similar. And the reason they do that is because they've got a lot of uh, listeners and watchers and readers and you know, if, if they do something that's, that's way, if they do something like put Antonio Brown at number nine, at the number nine receiver, he might finish number nine. But right. you're gonna, they're going to lose listeners, they're going to lose watchers, they're going to lose readers because they want to be, if they're going to be wrong, they want their competitors to be wrong as well. And the popular thing is to have Antonio Brown as the number one receiver. The popular thing is to have. David Johnson is a top two running back because that's what just what everybody assumes is going to happen. And not only that, that's what every other one of their competitors is, is beating into everybody's head over and over and over again, that that's what's going to happen. So that's exactly why they do that. Because if, if, if ESPN says, if, if we're going to get this ranking wrong, well, Yahoo's going to be right there with us. They're going to be wrong too. So it's going to make them look, uh, it's going to make them look not as bad if they get it wrong. True story. True or false? Because uh, this is my famous one. Two of the top ten running backs at the end of the year in a standard ten or twelve team league will not have been drafted on uh, on draft day. Uh, though that's tough. That's tough because in in my top ten, I, I do I don't do really standard rankings, but I have uh, PPR rankings that I do in the group. Um, but if I were going to say, mm-hmm. I, I would probably, I would probably say false. Um, but there, there usually is that guy that just that nobody that just comes out of nowhere and nobody thinks is is going to be anything, and all of a sudden they're a top ten wide, a top ten running back, um, or receiver, or tight end, or or what mm-hmm. have you. And so you know, we all have those guys we take flyers on, and we think is we we think that yeah, this guy's gonna just it, the light bulb's gonna turn on. He's gonna be top ten at his position this year. Um, I, I guess if I had to roll the dice, I would say no. But I do think there will be somebody out there, whether they were undrafted um, uh, in in fantasy or not. There's gonna be somebody out there that is going to be a top 10 running back. And, you know, I've got a couple surprises of my own. Dalvin Cook is my number six overall running back this year. And, you know, people look at it and they're like, and, and I have Fournette at 11. And people look at that and they're like, well, you know, why would you have Dalvin Cook at six? Well, I'll tell you why. Every single season since 2011, we have had a top, uh, a top, a rookie, at least one rookie running back finish in the top 10 at the end of the season in, in fantasy rankings. Mm-hmm. 2012, we, it, it happened twice with Doug Martin and Trent Richardson. So it's a very big trend. And when, when you've got a, a, a draft, when you've got a, a draft class of running backs that is this freaking deep at running back, especially, there's a good chance it's going to happen, whether it's Joe Williams or, or, or 
uh, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt or, you know, one of the big three with Cook, Fournette, or Mixon, um, or even McCaffrey. In standard, I really think um, I think it's going to be Cook, and I think Fournette will finish right outside. But as far as somebody going undrafted, I would probably have to say no. But then again, there's always somebody that finishes in the top ten at, at one position that you just don't see coming. Last year at wide receiver, it was Devontae Adams. Um, so, you know, it's, and, and he was going undrafted in some, in some draft. So it's, it's interesting. That's an interesting question. I guess I would roll the dice and say no, but again, it's the chances of that happening at any position, uh, are actually very good. My hope is, uh, I, I want to be able to get you on the show next week when I can actually friggin' talk freely Understand this. I cannot talk about a couple of the players, several of the players right now, just yet. I've been holding on to my my sleepers list for a while now because tomorrow I have two of my bigger drafts. They uh, involve the rookies and the keepers and rookie keeper and all this stuff. Okay, so I can't really mention who I want to right now. But hopefully you'll join us next week so that I can actually talk running backs with you because I've got a couple I want to throw at you. There's one nobody's talking about, and I want to be able to talk to, him, uh, talk to you about them next week. Let me ask you, though, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was strategy with you, fantasy strategy, bye weeks. When you draft, do you pay attention to the bye weeks or, or you, you don't care about that? You'll work with that as they come. Yeah, I, I'm, bye weeks are definitely not something that I look at at all. I mean, I may glance over it at my team and say, oh, okay, I have like 12, you know, players at, with week 11 buys. But I, I, don't, I don't look at it um, because it's – especially when the bye weeks come late. You know, if I've, got, if I've got four or five, six players with week 10, week 11 buys, I'm, I'm really not going to worry about that because it's so far away and so many things could happen. A player could get injured, and then that's one less bye week you've got to worry about. And then, you know, if, if you have, if you're in that situation, another reason is because you're going to be doing some trading. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be trades. And somebody could come to you in week four and say, hey, let me take two of those players that have that week 11 buy, leave you with only three week 11 buys. Let me take two of those players off your hands and I'll give you these two players. And, and you end up liking the trade that they offer and you end up doing a deal. And then and look at that. You don't have two more bye weeks you don't have to worry about. So now instead of having six week 11 buys, now you have three. Right, right. And so I, it's, it, I just always feel strongly, don't pay it, don't overanalyze it. Because that's the worst thing you can do really with anything in life right. is overanalyze. Uh, trust your gut, draft what you feel is going to be your best team, and, uh, and, and go, at it, go at it that way. I, I absolutely never look at bye weeks, uh, especially when they're late buys, because it just doesn't mean much right now here in the preseason. Wow, that's a, that, is, that is fantastic. That is like taking it out of my mouth. I feel the same way. Yeah, just go for the talent and work from there. You'll be able to figure it out. And especially, again, those late weeks. Put, if you have to try and get it for the late weeks and, and so that you have plenty of time to set things up exactly how uh, Chris just put it. Folks, that is Chris McConnell. Thanks, Chris for joining us from fantasy sports advice and analysis, the Facebook group. If you're not on there already, go ask to join, ask for an invite. I'm telling you, it's a great group. Chris, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully uh, we can get you on next week. Uh, JT is not going to be with us next week as well. Hopefully we can get you to call in and uh, you and I can talk some uh, real sleepers uh, because I won't be restrained. Absolutely, Jester. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it, and I uh, look forward to uh, joining you guys next week, talk some running backs, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a good season, so I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I just, that, more than anything, that, that's, that's the truest thing. It's going to be a great season. There's so many question marks, so much to look forward to, and there's so much fantasy that I am just there are players I can't wait to run past you that I, I see something that I guess nobody, there's not a damn expert talking about one running back, and I have no clue why. We'll get to that next week with Chris. Chris, thanks for joining us. Folks, that was Chris McConnell, Fantasy Sports Advice and Analysis, over from the Facebook group. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic young man. Knows, as you can tell, knows what the hell he's talking about in the fantasy world. Join us next week. We're going to have him on again. That's going to be fantastic. Look forward to that. Let's go ahead. Let's pay a couple more bills, and I'll be right back. Folks, as you're listening to the Fantasy Justice Show here on Blog Talk Radio, we also want to remind you that we're brought to you by the good people at 84 Lumber, you know, you go to, you have all those box stores, you have Home Depot, you have Lowe's, 84 Lumber. Go check out their prices. Let me tell you, folks, they have all the building materials that you need. And tell them Jester sent you. They'll take care of you. 84 Lumber. And then locally, over in Volusia County, Florida, if you need some custom metalworks, the land metalcraft, folks, D-Land Metal Craft, custom fabricators. I'll tell you, absolutely fantastic for whatever your metal needs will be. I, I came across them. I, I'm a customer. I'm a customer. And, and because of the quality of their work, uh, that's, uh, they were one of the first people I said, listen, hey, I, I'm going to be doing the show. I'm getting, uh, getting set up and whatnot. And uh, I was talking to them as I had ordered some custom metal gates. And I'll tell you one thing job. Fantastic job. Great people over there, Delane Metalcraft. And obviously, we're brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com Your kingdom for fantasy sports. How you doing? This is Bo Outlaw. You listen to the Fantasy Justice Show. Hey, everybody. That's right. You're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show. Jester breaks it all down. Jester unleashed anything goes. Really? Has it been that bad? JT, Joe, Joe, where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? No, no, nobody, they're not here, and it really hasn't, if you notice, we've talked a couple of sports, we've got... But it hasn't been that. It hasn't been that bad. No, I have to be a little bit, you know what, let's take care of business. Let's do this. Let's do our commercials. Let's keep things going. We promise the fans to keep things going, bringing you the best damn 
fantasy podcast out there. One, two, punch like nobody. Well, just a one punch right now. But fortunately, fortunately, I am the best. And I'll be more than willing to back that, prove it, and show everybody at any given time. Join a league with me so I can embarrass you. I don't win them all, but I win a lot. And I'm definitely in the money a lot. If I wasn't, Mrs. Jester wouldn't let me play, I can promise you, because I don't play for free. And you know why? Because I am that damn good. And, you know, while JT isn't here, I am. And that is what you really need, because as we take a look at the coming, you know, listen, folks, if you're a fantasy baseball player, you know this is it. This is go time. This is go time, and you need somebody. You want to pick somebody up. You need that last little boost. Just like, hey, listen, just like in MLB, that last-minute trade, that last-minute pickup, okay, who to get, who should you have, why aren't they on the roster? And I have a list of four players for baseball that it sits there and makes me question why aren't they on rosters? Yahoo, 21% owned. ESPN, 17% owned. Michael A. Taylor. Come on, guys. This is a 274 hitter in 72 games, 12 homers, 10 steals, and an OPS of 831. He's coming back. He had a couple weeks out. He was injured. He just got back. But this is a young man, 12 homers, 10 steals, 72 games, 831 OPS. Owned in 21%. Yahoo, 16.7%. ESPN, 274 hitter. I, 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 I don't know what more you want. Homers and steals. Decent batting average. 274 is not nothing to sneeze at. You know, I mean, that, that's a gallo numbers. That, that's, that, that's decent hitting right there, 274. All right, what else? Well, and, and that's outfield. Then if you look, okay, dual eligibility for Rise Hopkins. Hoskins, former guy that only played first base. Now he's playing outfield. <laughs> and he struggled a little bit at first. First 10 games, uh, first three games, first 10 at-bats, 0 for 3. But since then, figured it out, 6 for 20. He's got three home runs, five RBIs. Yahoo, 23%. ESPN, 17.8. Here's what I don't get. This is a young man. Now, they're bouncing him back and forth. Where is he hit in the order? They're, he's either in the three-hole or cleanup. What do they believe in this young man? Well, why should they? Well, here's why. He had 29 homers, 91 RBIs so far, and 401 at-bats this year. 29 homers, 91 RBIs, 401 at-bats. He is batting third. He is batting cleanup for a reason. Last year, in 498 at-bats, 38 homers, 16 RBIs, I'll repeat myself, 
He's hitting in the three hole. He's hitting cleanup for a reason. And yet only owned in 23% in Yahoo, 17% in ESPN. Makes no sense. Next up, Byron Buxton. Holy shit. Look who it is. Did anybody ever think he'd finally get here? Well, he's starting to figure it out. The former 2012 first-round pick, second overall, had a little trouble starting to get, you know, making that final jump. That final jump's a bitch for some players, folks. The last 15 games now, now he's starting to pick his pace up. It's starting to find his stride. Last 15 days, hitting 395, three homers, Nine RBIs, four steals to go with those three homers, 12 runs, first round pick, second overall, finding his stride. 36% owned in Yahoo, 24% in ESPN. Pitcher. How about a pitcher? Who wants a pitcher that's only 40% owned? And it's because he started out, the first two months were terrible, okay? The first two months were terrible. But this former second-round pick pitcher, two wins, 15 Ks in the last 15 and the third innings, 0.00 ERA, sub one whip. Patrick Corbin's only owned in 40%. You got, listen, rough two months. Uh, There's no lie. Started out tough. 313 ERA in the last 72 innings through 12 starts. So he's getting those quality starts for you. 313 ERA. And in those 72 innings, he's got 78 strikeouts to only 18 walks. Starting to find his stride. Took a little slow to get out of the gate. You are talking about a pitcher with a 313 ERA uh, over 1K per nine over the last 12 starts for an Arizona team that is fourth in the NL and seventh overall in Major League Baseball in runs scored. He's going to get his wins. There you go. Some people to grab. As you're getting ready, that playoff push, that little push over the hump, you can thank your Uncle Jester for Michael A. Taylor, Hoskins, Buxton, and Corbin. I don't know what more you want from me. Oh, you know what more you want from me? You want hockey, too. Boy, I tell you, you know, I'm bringing you football, bringing you fantasy sports, bringing you hard knocks. Bringing you baseball, I might as well bring you some hockey, too. Going to jump the gun. You know, funny thing, folks. You know, we have somebody with us that loves the sport of hockey, that really enjoys the sport. That would be me. And I know a thing or two about the sport. So, with that said... Let's talk about a couple of players. I want to talk about two def- couple of defensemen. I want to talk about a forward. I want to talk about a comeback goalie that you should be paying attention to. Folks, first off, Anaheim, second-round pick, Brandon Montour. 
He's six foot. But listen, understand one thing about this kid. These are guys that I want you to pay attention to during the season, okay? And sleepers, great picks that you can pick up late, okay? 25 goals, 89 points, and 108 AHL games. 89 points for a defenseman. Second round pick, Anaheim Montour. You're welcome. Next guy to watch, Boston defense, Charlie McAvoy. First round, number 14 overall in 2016. He's the highest ranked rookie D, six foot 208, going to get plenty of power play time. Kid's a beast. Grab him late. Again, rookie guys, young guys. Then let's go ahead. Let's move to a guy who's going to play a second full season. His first full season, 82 games. This first round, 19th pick overall in 2011. Now, you hear 2011, you're like, oh, my God, in six years. No, he's only 23. He's only 23. 6'3", 220, Oscar Kelfbaum. Guys, do not sleep on this kid. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a beast waiting to happen. Last year, 82 games, he did 12 goals, 26 assists, 38 points. So you're talking this year, I'm going to tell you right now, he's good for 50-plus points out of that defensive position. Last year, again, first full season, he was already playing 22-plus minutes a game of ice time power play two minutes 31 seconds time on the ice on the power play he's seeing ice time he's seeing a lot of it he's seeing it on the power play and he's not shy 201 shots on goal from defense now, he's not going to get a lot of hits. Listen, 82 games, he had 43 hits, okay? Almost a hit every other game, practically. Uh, he's, not going to, he's not out there for that. He's out there for that shot. He's out there to make plays on the power play. He's out there for offense. One of the good things about him, though, is because he is 6'3", 220, he's willing to throw his body in front of the puck 146 blocks. So he's defensively responsible. You know, he's going he's gonna to throw his body, excuse me, body in there. And I'll tell you, folks, those are your defensemen to go ahead, stash. Kelfbaum, you're not going to be able to get so late. You're going to have to go ahead, maybe even reach for him. I'm telling you, 50 points or more out of this kid without a problem. Then it was funny. Wrote this up this morning uh, regarding this man because I wanted to throw in one forward for you guys. And – Hours later, I read an article on him, somebody else touting him now. Uh, six foot five, 221 pound winger. First round in 2013 pick, okay? Anthony Mantha of the Detroit Red Wings. It'll be his second full season. Let me tell you something. He plays the power play. He's got a touch. He's a big, like I said, six. Five two twenty one, and he can skate. He can skate real well. 
especially he could skate real well for anybody, let alone for a guy 6'5", 221. But here's the thing about him and why he'll get that ice time. See, that's what uh, your availability is the best ability in any fantasy sport. Here's why he'll be on that ice. On a team last year that was negative 37, they were a minus 37 overall. This kid was a plus 10, one of the few pluses on the team. Anthony Mantha, Detroit Red Wings. You're welcome. Send Uncle Jester a candy bar, thank you card, anything. I don't care. Finally, goaltender, comeback player of the year. And uh, I'm happy to say this because he's the devil's very own Corey Schneider, folks. Understand one thing about Corey Schneider, okay? The, the Devils are were a rebuilding team last year. They're still rebuilding, but they're getting better. Got some nice little sneaky talent up front. Could surprise a couple of people. I'm not saying they're going to overwhelm the friggin' NHL. So before everybody starts tearing me a new one on that one, I said they will be better. They will be sneaky good at times. They will be bad at times. They will be good at times. They will be inconsistent, probably looking at a 500 team, uh, maybe a little bit over. But in that, that helps Schneider because Schneider last year, worst year career ever, 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 ever. Never had a losing record before. Never, ever, ever. Don't look for that to happen again. Career worst, two point. Eight two goals against. Don't look for that to happen for a guy who's normally in the two teens, two ten, two twelve, two fourteen. Don't look for that number to stay that high again this year. Save percentage, career worst, nine oh eight save percentage. Don't look for that for a guy who's normally two twenty, upper two twenties, low two thirties, mid two twenties. On a consistent basis, not going to happen. Going to be your comeback fantasy goalie of the year. He's going to drop down on people's drafts and going to be sitting there waiting for you to pluck him up. Now, you're going to pair him with another goaltender that's going to get you the wins. So you're going to combine the wins with a, a very good save percentage and a very good goals against. Schneids is good for about four, five, six, yeah, about six shutouts this year, I'd say. Good comeback player, goaltender. There you go. I mean, baseball, hockey now, um, football, hard knocks. Yeah, hey, Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Where are y'all not here right now? If you ask me, but hey, listen. MLB, MLB this weekend, you know, before we get off the MLB uh, kick altogether, one of the things I had forgotten to mention, and it's, it's, it's interesting what they're trying to do uh, to get people 
Uh, and it's a good marketing thing, uh, extra money for the teams, the players, and all that. And, and it's kind of fun. Is this uh, next weekend? Next weekend is MLB nickname on your jersey time uh, for the for baseball, and I think that's fun. I, I really do. I like seeing them come up with creative new ideas uh, for the fans. And again, that's basically all it is, is is a little bit for the money and a little bit for the fans. Fine. Everybody enjoys. I happen to like my personal favorite is what Brett Gardner is going to do from the Yankees. The Yankees traditionally don't have any name on the pinstripes. It just doesn't happen. Uh, The Yankees don't put their names, the players' names, on the back of their unis. So his nickname is not going to be a nickname. It's going to be his actual name. He's going to have Gardner on the back of his jersey uh, because he never – gets the opportunity to have his name on the Yankee jersey. So it's going to be interesting. It's a fun time. I like what they're doing. Uh, I like what they're doing. They're paying attention to the time of the games. Love that. They've shaved off uh, uh, five minutes of average time now to the game. Shaved off five minutes. They've got a little bit more to go, if you ask me. Uh, But uh, Commissioner has come out and said uh, recently that next year – look for even more things to speed up the game. They understand the type of society that we have now. This isn't the type of society that likes to sit back and just watch. It's a little bit more fast-paced. And the more I hear them talking about how society needs fast-paced, how society likes action, how society likes speed and all that, it makes me want to curl up and die uh, or and or go on a seven state killing spree until I find Commissioner Bettman, okay, because he is ruining that sport. It is absolutely awful. This is the time that society should be endeared to a fast and violent sport like hockey. And uh, no, but. Hey, fortunately, baseball recognizes this and is doing something about it. (sighs) Let's get to wrestling. Hey, listen, before we get into wrestling, (laughs) let me wish Lillian Garcia, hey now, happy birthday, 51, and she's probably still one of the hottest uh, ring announcers, 51, wow, son of a bitch. Lillian Garcia, though, a little cutie, and uh, happy birthday to her. SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver tonight, uh, already in progress. And uh, in progress. And then uh, we've got SummerSlam tomorrow. Uh, real quick, let's run this down. we got three minutes left. Jester going to do his best for you here, folks. Tozawa versus Neville, Cruiserweight Championship. Uh... Tozawa. Hardy Boys, Jason Jordan uh, versus The Miz and The Miz Taraj. Uh, <laughs> Hardy Boys have been losing everything lately, and uh, I, I expect them to continue uh, to lose that one. Naomi, Natalia, Women's SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, I see absolutely no reason why Naomi won't win. And uh, she has a good stick going, a little light show and all that. That's cute. It's different. People like it. Whatever. John Cena versus Baron Corbin. 
Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I think JT had said, uh, you know, Cena's there to put the world over now. I think so, but I don't think we see it in this one. Uh, I, I I either see a Cena win or or a DQ, somebody uh, gets involved. Randy Orton versus Rusev. I have no friggin' clue why. I remember a time where some of these matches made sense and there was rhyme or reason. I have no idea who wins. and I don't even care. That's the problem. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt. Is Finn coming out for sure as the Beast? Uh, if he is, the Beast doesn't lose. If he doesn't, uh, I take Wyatt. New Day versus the Usos, SmackDown Tech Team Championship. Uh, again, uh I, I, I don't see a finish in that one. If so, it'll be the Uso somehow. Big Show versus Big Cass. Enzo in a shark cage. I have no idea where they're going with that. Big Show there to put Cass over? Really? I don't know. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens for the umpteenth time for the United States Championship. I don't get it. Uh, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> seriously. Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks, World Women's Championship. If Bliss doesn't win, I'm protesting. Bliss lives matter. Uh, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura, WWE Championship. Look for Jinder to retain, and I look for it because it'll be a DQ. Uh, they're trying to push Jinder and uh, Nakamura based on you know their financial things that they're doing. Lesnar, Strowman, Reigns, Samoa Joe, Universal Championship, Lesnar, uh, if he loses, gives up everything, never comes back to WWE, but is on the promos for Monday Night Raw and for a couple of the shows next year already. No friggin' suspense there, I guess, folks. And anyway, that is Jester Breaks It Down. Anything goes. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. I, I, dare I say, I actually managed. JT Crazy, and Joe huh? Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here Who right now? Frank? Just saying. This has been the Fantasy Justice Show.